So building a health tech startup or any startup for that matter. Don't you love it how the big celebrations and the paddings on the backs all go to when a company raises capital? And look, I get it. It's exciting. And it's a demonstration of the confidence that someone has in the business that it's going to do great things. I think it's also important to celebrate those companies that have made an impact in patients' lives and built a successful business by bootstrapping it, not raising capital, taking an organic and slow growth approach instead of having a crack at rapid scale with a big injection of funds. One company in Australia that I've followed for six or seven years now is a group called Hyphen Health, who offer a series of online clinics and healthcare services to patients, starting with sexual health and now broadening out even further into those tricky and important parts of healthcare. Today, I'm joined by their CEO and co-founder, James Snedden. And in this episode, we talk about their growth journey and how they've built a company around what they do. We talk about the reasons why people don't routinely get STI screening and other important tests performed. And we also talk about why he decided to put his German beer cafe up as a prize in a raffle. Never a dull moment on this show, Team Health Tech Collaboration starts with a conversation. Let's make it happen. Welcome to Talking Health Tech, a podcast and membership community about technology in healthcare. Here's your host, Peter Birch. With me today is James Snedden, CEO and co-founder of Hyphen Health, who manage online healthcare services using technology to help improve the patient journey. Hey, James, how are you going? Yeah, good. Thanks, Pete. How are you, mate? Good. It's good to chat on the podcast, at least. We've touched base a number of times in different circumstances and at different points, which I'm sure we'll unpack, but it's great to have you on the podcast today. Set the scene. Give us a bit of context. Tell us about you and your background. Yeah, I'm a new subscriber to Talking Health Tech. Finally go in behind and supporting you. Uh, yeah, nice. Yeah, I, I, I'm a bit of a relic in telehealth now, maybe. Starting in 2015 with Dr. Tanner, we launched an online sexual health clinic, Stigma Health, which we've bootstrapped and a little bit of angel investment along to add prep health and we focus on sexual health. And so I'm pretty familiar with the stigma health model, particularly since I first came across it in 2016 when we were working together and setting up the infrastructure side of it. And that model then was pretty novel. I'm keen to hear a bit more about how that works versus so the first kind of service offering with stigma health, how it works from a patient side and from your end, what you what it actually is and the difference compared to someone just going to a clinic for a sexual health issue. Yeah, so stigma health, it's an online sexual health clinic. Patient gets online and it's asynchronous healthcare, they fill out a form, they get their pathology referral for the STI test that they need, uh, not necessarily what they want, I'll explain that later. Um, they get the test they need, and then they can take that to any pathology clinic in Australia. Then their results come back to us, to our doctor, like they would with any pathology referral. We give them the results in two to three business days. It's getting quicker and quicker, which is great. It varies from provider around the country. The questionnaire determines the testing they need based on their risk profile against national healthcare guidelines. And that's how we keep it above board with Medicare and ensure there's no unnecessary testing and look after the patient and yeah, professional obligations as well. So. Yeah. And so, you know, by the name stigma and from what I know of it already, you know, in terms of the demographic of the people, the patients that are utilizing this platform, when you're talking about SDI testing, it's not something that too many people would proactively be excited about going and doing it at in-person consult, for example. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's what we found when we started. Doctors don't ask the question either. So patients don't ask the question and doctors don't ask the question. Whereas like everyone under 29 and single should be getting tested twice a year. Other risk groups should be tested quarterly. Yeah, or just if you're single, routine screening, just get that asymptomatic screening annually as well would be just, it depends where you sit in your relationship status, I guess. 
And then people aren't doing it for like whole heap of reasons from, I think opportunity cost is probably first and foremost, like who wants to make an appointment to go do that? And then they forget when they're there because they're there for some other reason to see the doctor. And then there's a whole heap of like psychosocial reasons. So your belief system or your family pressures or people uh, be embarrassed and embarrassed. Yeah. yeah. And for whatever reason, they're not, yeah, we just got to empathize with why people are not getting SCI tests and, and their reasons are really broad. So. But yeah, I think refining our convenience is probably the first and foremost reason why people use our service over embarrassment. But then people do love the 100% confidentiality and discretion and having an alternative to just their doctor. So we're their second doctor, basically. That's something that's come up before in a lot of these discussions in particularly in rural and remote communities as well, where there might just be one GP and it might be, it's probably a GP, you know, really well. And so sometimes that will be a really hard decision for a lot of patients. There'll be a lot of trust with that GP, but there be might be some reasons why for a sexual health testing or for any other reason that they would want another option. So the fact it gives people options and do that in a safe and secure and confidential way, I think that's really important because the, the alternative is they just don't do anything at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hundred percent correct. And that's I think we're really growing uh, the people getting tested, not just taking business away from doctors where getting more people tested. Yeah, I agree. I think it's more so of a fact of increasing the size of that pie and uh, those that wouldn't otherwise get tested at all, as opposed to, you know, they routinely go into their regular GP for, for this particular purpose. And yeah, I can see there's a huge benefit there. Has, has there been growth in the business since the 2016 side as acceptance from patients? Yeah, there has been. Initially, there was like no trust. So patients would pay, sign up and pay and commit. And then they'd be like, wow, is this a scam? Like, and just didn't know what they've done. <laughs> Particularly back in 2016, though, like the concept of doing anything health-related in Australia that's trustworthy, yeah, it's a hard one to... It was, yeah, 100%. There was huge issues with trust back then. And then the pandemic really made it trustworthy, which I do think helped. It's been very slow slog, like a very long haul. I think we had a 1,000 customers pre-COVID and now we're 13,500 patients. We're adding nearly 1,000 a month and the repeats are growing, which is great because I think a lot of people do think SDI testing, they have their thoughts that, you know, it's a one-off, but it's really healthy to do it more frequently based on your risk profile, like we said before. So makes a lot of sense. And you mentioned the slow growth and the organic growth. There's particularly in peak COVID times, but also before then too, there's, I guess, similar business models in different areas in the healthcare setting that have got a lot of venture capital behind them or investment from bigger organizations. And it's the approach of, I guess, try and make it a land grab and get as many people as possible. What's driven the decisions behind, you know, doing the slow and steady approach in rolling it out? I think there's been... Necessity. Okay. We'd missed out on capital. Sexual health's not that sexy. So we didn't find any investors that, you know, they go in there with their opinion, you know, you only get an SCI test every so often. I never managed to convince them that picture, you know, SCI testing is actually, they're trusting us with a very confidential topic. It's really the foundation for what we can do later on. And we're starting to add services now, but so. We sort of did it out of necessity and then um, I previously had restaurants. It was always just a side hustle. So it also, we probably couldn't handle it doing anymore until we sort of hit the current product where it's an instant referral and it's very, we made sure we can leverage our human capital a lot at the moment. Like we leverage doctors, which we weren't doing pre-December 2019. So it was very labor intensive. You know, it was us spinning the cogs behind the computer screen. Like it wasn't just as simple as it looked. So there's a few reasons for why it's been a slow burn. But we've sought capital. We ended up getting some angel investment after we launched a second clinic, Prep Health, which is HIV prophylaxis. And there's 50,000 Australians now on it. Uh, went on the PBS in 2018. Would have been a great time to launch Prep Health then. But regardless, one in 20 patients on Prep now use our platform. And I guess we got that product right from the slow burn. 
And then we've launched Prep and Slowburn also let us build this. Uh, there is that community too. Like all the patients have my, my phone number. They can't believe it sometimes. <laughs> I do need a second phone, but they <laughs> that, that reachability, I don't know if our competitors are offering that. The but, mobile phone of the, yeah, probably not. No, probably not. But it's, it is it is like customer care is scalable. Like I can, my communication, you know, I've got apparently I've got 2,000 Facebook friends. I can leverage my communication. Uh, so True. yeah, I, oh, and I can just get a new phone number. So. Yeah. <laughs> No, I love it. I, um, you know, generally advice for anyone is if you don't need to raise capital, then it's, that's not the outcome. That's not why we're here. You know, often the success of a venture is, is measured these days by how much capital they were able to raise in a seed or a series A, and that then determines if it's a success or not. And that just starts the clock and brings in all new pressures and distractions that if there isn't a good model behind it, that's been tried and tested could potentially be the undoing and put undue pressure on. So I think it's a very sensible way to go about it. You mentioned before, and it just reminded me, and I put two parts of my worlds together and our engagements together, the side hustle and the restaurants thing. It was you, wasn't it, that raffled off your bar? And I I bought a ticket into it. It was such a bizarre thing. I had to get in. I didn't win, but tell me about that. Yeah. So I launched Stigma Health. I had restaurants, uh, German beer cafes and restaurants. That's a good way to cut your teeth in any business. It's really hard. But regardless, yeah. everyone wants to do it. And I needed to get out of it to focus on a young family and my startup and my wife mm-hmm. at the time's business. And anyway, exiting's not easy. So I ended up doing a trade promotion to raffle off the bar, which was a great result. Got a lot of publicity, 15 minutes of fame. You bought a ticket. I let 12,500 <laughs> people down actually who bought tickets. Um, <laughs> but but that, that's what you get into. That's what you sign up for when you enter a, a raffle. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the outcome for most people, isn't it? They, they didn't win. Well, we did have like we had a, a roaring trade because it was a trade voucher promotion and it was a great way to finish yeah. up my time in hospitality. Super stressful. And but I got to meet Koshi. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a good time. Yeah. Right. No, that's amazing. Have you gone back to the bar since? Is it still a bar or is it, has he done something else? Uh, the, so the winner didn't want it. He cashed in the prize money and we settled with the landlord and it's now a charcoal chicken. So there's no more German beer cafe oh. in Beaumont Street, oh. but everyone was happy in the end. So you can get some hot chips later or something. If you've been kicking around this industry a bit like me, or maybe even you're brand new to digital health, you've probably worked out that health tech is not an individual sport. Whatever you're trying to achieve, whether you're delivering healthcare for patients or you're building health technology, or perhaps you're helping deploy solutions across health systems, you need a tribe, a community of like-minded individuals who just get it that if we're going to transform healthcare, then technology is going to play a huge part in it. So to learn and connect about health tech and level up your game, consider joining our THT Plus membership community. We've got options for every stage of growth, whether you're a solo individual or a startup or scale-up company. As an individual, you get access to our exclusive community forum, you get a warm intro to two other members from me each month, you get free access to our quarterly virtual summits, and a bunch of other exclusive goodies. Companies can bring team members into the community, plus you get a presence on our website as a THT Plus member, you can post content like news events and jobs, And of course, we love to showcase our members. So when you join as a company THT Plus member, you'll get to appear on this podcast with your very own episode. This podcast is made possible through the support of our members. It's literally the heart of everything we do. So consider joining as a THT Plus member. You can join anytime online. Just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash THT Plus. 
That's good. So, you know, you've, you've done the stigma health thing, building that up and then rolled into prep as well. We were talking before, it's a model that can continue to be rolled out. You're looking at doing the next one, right? Tell us a bit more about what you're working on. Yeah. So just last week we've launched RoidSafe, which we're very excited. Uh, we believe is a, a world first for steroid harm minimization. It could be a little bit controversial, but attention we mean well, and there's a lot of literature out there at the moment on uh, steroid harm minimization for like anabolic steroids and performance and image enhancing drugs. 150,000 Australians are using them. And what I, I'm pretty confident with any time there's an official statistic on something like that, it could be a little higher. It is um, underreported, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's, yeah, we're giving, going to give them away to confidentially be their other doctor to organize blood tests and start seeing the impact on their body, you know, measuring before they start a cycle, if they're in a cycle. And it's just about giving them the outlet and the understanding of what they're doing rather than just going to their Reddit doctor channel, like, mm. or, you know, they just, they medicate each other. They talk to each other and, yeah. you know, we're going to give them, we're going to give them some feedback. You know, we don't know encouraging steroids. We're encouraging them to be healthier. So people to be healthier. Yes. So yeah. hopefully it's a better outcome for all. I think yeah. having the general message of removing the, that's why I think stigma is a great name, but removing the stigma behind a lot of these things. And it's not, you know, too often, even just well-meaning GPs or family, friends, whoever would be so focused on trying to do their best to help the person and try and suggest they don't do it when there's still this immediate need in, in right now of like, well, they're doing it and what do they do about it type thing. And so being able to have a trusted platform that's on in a way that's removes that social awkwardness of a consultation or, you know, just knowing someone already, being able to do that in a trusted way, getting advice, getting, uh, I guess, the insights into what's happening. And I guess that helps them come to an informed decision because like, you know, there's a lot of literature around in terms of people coming off things, whether it's from an addiction side or whether it's for whatever reasons, unhealthy choices, the way to, you know, make more healthier choices isn't by guilt or by force. It's by being more informed and reaching that decision on your own accord and on your own terms. So yeah, I can see a lot of good in that respect. hundred percent. We're giving that patient empowerment because like sexual health, they, they used to go in and tell the doctor you want an STI test and you give you a talk about condoms and like, yeah. we get that reported for our men and women on prep, everyone on prep, they report like that's not the conversation they need. And it's like, it preps about choice and freedom and it's just, so similar to what we'd say if we definitely don't condone illegal steroids but they're making the choice and we're going to make it just make it better a better outcome and there's so many reasons you just got to understand the reasons and give empathy to those people to help them with their yeah why they're taking the steroid or why they're too mm. yeah and so thinking about that growth that you've had with stigma and then with prep and what you're about to undertake with the roid safe side, how do people find out about this and being organic and bootstrapped and being a slow burn? Is it through socials? Is it through just word of mouth? Like how's the distribution been? It's like, it's always been tough. I think so I had a running with Tinder a few years ago where we were trying to promote or partner with them. And they were like, they said, we have nothing to do with sexual behavior. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Um, as you do, forward that email to City Morning Herald, get some press. But that didn't help us massively, but it didn't help us with Tinder either. <laughs> but the, yeah, we've just had to, uh, I guess, persist and keep finding ways to get the message out there. So, look, people use Dr. Google, so you got to understand that. And then people use, it's very hard to use socials to promote. Like, we got, we've got ads banned for showing a man and woman's carbs, like, implying that, you know, like Facebook's very, the censorship, it's, it's all hard, but then it's just what we're used to. So, yeah, we just got to understand Dr. Google. I think with uh, the steroids, we want to really get the word out on these Reddit channels, get the word out. We'll start with our friends who I know throughout life. I don't use steroids, but I do know a few people that do. And, you know, I just get the word to them. 
get them on, and then they keep the talking. So the next time they're self-medicating each other, they're telling them about our service. That's the reality, right? That's just what happened. Yeah. 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 Well, I think prep's been really good for it. So what people are taking prep for relations, really, so it's for sex. So sex is then communication, and then, you know, the word of mouth is there. So we just want to give people a good service, good customer service, and include my mobile number, and then they go on to pass it around though it just keeps growing from there so i guess we've attacked instead of attacking mainstream we've attacked the harder stuff which has found our little our niche which we're good at and we've yeah we've skipped the venture capital and we've bootstrapped and we've just reinvested in keeping on figuring out what works there's something about that you know the larger institutions or channel partners or even investors at that early stage would look at something that's from a commercial point of view, certainly a viable market, but brings this perceived risk or uncertainty. And, and it's like you say, the hard stuff that I think once it's demonstrated as you're doing, it then opens up those conversations and to show the runs on the board and say, look, you know, this is what's been done at a small scale. Now's the time to really amplify that and help even more people. And as we speak about all the time, improving health equity and giving more people some healthier options. I mean, that's why we're all here. Thinking then, you know, because that, that then opens up opportunities for discussions with insurers and the payers side and partnerships with the pathology piece. I guess that these all things must be on your radar as well. Yeah, so over the years, we've managed to have dialogue with all the major providers from pathology. We met with quite a few insurers. It's still such a, being the smaller business, probably we didn't get enough attention, if anyone's listening. But now I think we're scaling and we're actually improving of what we're asking too. So we're going to look to keep opening those conversations to make the healthcare more accessible. So for instance, we've got a huge amount of people who use our service who are here on a visa, a working visa or student visa. There's over one and a half million Australians pre-COVID on people in residence on visa. It's a huge market and they don't even know how to use their private health insurance or access healthcare. And they're out there, they're having sex, they're out there in relationships and they're not getting an STI test because they go to pathology and pathology charge them $300 for the test. And then they go claim it from the insurance that so they don't get the bulk billing. So that's, they, these are problems we're looking at now to try and try and help those people access. Because when they get that quote for price of healthcare, they just don't get the SDI test. And then they go, I don't know, spread chlamydia further, like <laughs> trying to improve that relationship. So then thinking about hyphen, the collective, all the different elements of the business, what's on the horizon, what are you looking forward to and what are you working on keeping busy 2022 and beyond? Well, we're just going to keep growing. You know, we've got two, two clinics that are thriving, we're going to get Roy safe to that same position. And we're just, we're really enjoying this. And we've had even that slow growth, 400% year on year for like four years now. When you start low, that's not that impressive. But we're getting to the end where you know, we do it again this year, we're really at a really good scale. So it'll be more impressive at the end of this year. Yeah, that's it. We're just going to keep growing, reinvest what we got. And then like we started with, we've got our alpha product, SCI testing, but our beta, our backend product is we've started doing Growers, we're going to start doing other sexual health treatments. And it's similar for Ruin Safe. We can treat some side effects and help provide more healthcare. So our niche is here. You get trust and we can then support that patient in more ways. And more, more opportunities present themselves every day. We, we do say no to a lot though. And that's how we manage to maintain the growth with a small team and bootstrap. That's often the way, isn't it? It's always about the things you say no to that can help you really hone in on What's a yes. So that's awesome. No, look, I lo love watching the journey and I realize we've been connected for six or seven years now and I've watched it kind of come from this little thing on the side to where it is now. So it's going to be fascinating to watch as you continue to grow out and it's great to have you as part of the THD Plus community as well. So we'll put the details for 
all those different clinics, the services that are provided under hyphen within the show notes of this episode for people to check out to connect if they're keen to come on board with the journey and help out with connections to some of those partners to help continue to scale out the business or kind of nut out some of these really hard bits of healthcare that need some more attention to improve health access and equity for more people. So James, I really appreciate you coming on the show and having a chat. Thanks so much, mate. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for your time. Before you go, just a reminder to jump over to our YouTube channel and subscribe and watch some episodes there. There are podcast episodes, summit sessions, and a bunch of other interesting content on our channel. You can just search Talking Health Tech in the YouTube app or click on the link in the show notes of your podcast player and it should just take you straight there. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Talking Health Tech. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast player and for more information, visit talkinghealthtech.com.